0: From the SEEDS Global Innovation Lab, I'm Jacob Hancock, and welcome to Seed to Sequoia. SEED to Sequoia is sponsored by the SEEDS Global Innovation Lab. The SEEDS Global Innovation Lab exists to equip the global faith-based community for the emerging world. They believe that every nonprofit has the people and resources to both generate and execute new ideas that create value. By proactively learning from those whom you serve, you'll be able to see what's coming your way, shift your focus, and deliver great products, processes, or systems to serve them even better. Follow us at Seeds Innovation to learn more. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Seed to Sequoia. This week, we're focusing on design thinking. And I know what you're probably thinking, well, isn't most of this podcast about design thinking? Absolutely. But we haven't really defined it. We haven't actually taken any time to to really process through what the stages are and how we typically use it at um, the Seeds Global Innovation Lab. So the the first thing that I thought we would cover is just what is it? Just um, fundamentally and basically, what is it? Um, design thinking is a methodology for solving any human centered problem at its most basic form. That's what it is. So, uh, global hunger, design thinking can help it, uh, transportation, global transportation, design thinking can help keeping leaves off your back porch. Design thinking can help. Uh, that's an actual one that I've used even in my personal life. And that's where I think design thinking, um, has, has been, maybe misconstrued a little bit in in the world is that design thinking only can happen in the workplace. That's how we solve challenges uh, in our day-to-day jobs. And, And in all reality, design thinking really is more of a lifestyle for how we deal with challenges that we're facing. Obviously, I think we can spend a good bit of time uh, using design thinking for our careers. We can we can definitely use design thinking to solve the challenges that we're facing at the office. However, I think it's a disservice to design thinking for us to only use it there. I use it in my home all the time, uh, in particular with my children, things that, that uh, I notice with my kids, difficult challenges that I face sometimes with my kids. Design thinking can help, whether it's You know, how do we get them to put away their toys, or in this particular case, how do we get them to close that screen door on the back porch so that leaves stop blowing in? Um, Design thinking can help us go through all of those. There are five stages to it. Um, The first one is empathy. And... Anytime that we step into a project, you always have a bit of a challenge statement, right? You always have something in your mind that has led you to this point of going, okay, we, we need to focus um, some attention on this particular challenge that we're facing. And so you, you write up some sort of uh, challenge statement, which is a how might we statement. But in that, you're gonna have an end user, someone uh, who is be either being impacted by this or whatever particular solution that you come up with as the designer will impact your end user. We need to think about them because they're the ones that we are going to create all of this for. Empathy is about understanding them on a deep level. We wanna know what their values are. We wanna know what they believe and why they believe it. We wanna watch their behavior. We want to experience what they experience. In the lab all the time, we talk uh, about, we gain empathy from our toe. Talk, observe, and experience. You need to talk with people, you need to observe what your end users are doing, and you also need to experience it. Uh, I think experience sometimes goes overlooked as a way of us going, no, 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 we, we, we know what it feels like to do blank. No, you don't. You need to actually go through the same process and feel the same, um, Excitement, or pain, or frustration that that your end user is experiencing, so that you know what the real challenges are. So that's empathy. That's it's really us um, getting in the shoes of our end user. The second is reframe or define. I'm not going to spend a lot of time separating the waters today about what those two differences are. But for this for the most simple way of talking about design thinking, I'll just talk about reframe today. So with reframe, it's looking back at your challenge statement that, that originally brought you, but through the lens of empathy. Now that you've had all of these, Um, insights and you are understanding your end-user better, we want to look at what they are actually, um, what the actual problem is based on the empathy that we acquired. So out of our empathy, we will acquire a reframe, a restatement of the challenge statement that we originally proposed. So it's going to look a little bit different, um, but it should, if it's done properly, still address the original challenge that you're facing but maybe more from the end user's point of view. The third stage is, of course, the the traditional way that we think about uh, solving problems, and that's ideation. So ideate is the third stage of design thinking, but it's broken into two different parts. The first is, what are the possibilities? This is an opportunity for us as designers to come up with as many possible solutions to the challenge that we're facing as as we can. Come up with as many as you can and don't kill any of them. The second half is really our opportunity to evaluate their merit. It's will it work? So what are the possibilities, and will it work? When we begin to evaluate our ideas, that helps us get a much clearer understanding of how we could how we could really move this thing into existence. And it's done by either selecting your best idea or the most logical idea, or putting together a few different ideas that you came up with. Uh, I find that that is. Typically done more than the selection of one idea. It's kind of a grouping of of several. Out of that, we move into the fourth stage, which is prototype, and uh, we have three kind of uh, tips, little little tricks that we that we throw in uh, with prototyping. We want it to be rough, rapid, and right. We want it to be rough in the sense of it's you haven't spent six months putting this thing together. We want it to be really quick. Um, just get something put together. Uh, we want it to be rapid in the sense of we we need to have it very, very quickly so that we can begin testing it. And the last one, and probably the most important, is that it needs to be right. It needs to be right in the sense of it it not only reflects the idea that we had out of stage three, but it's rooted in the empathy that we acquired from stage one. So that is rough, rapid, and right. A prototype is a tangible and physical representation of the idea that you came up with. So if, if that helps you have a, a clearer understanding of prototype, we, we want to actually create a prototype. I hear all the time people ask me, you know, well, how do I create a prototype of a process or a system that I'm creating? There is always a way. Uh, creativity loves constraints, as we've talked about before. It, it is a way uh, to To force ourselves to create something here uh, that our end users can interact with and understand better, they can they can see what the idea is. Finally, it's test, and this one um, I'll probably have another podcast uh, on another time about tests specifically, but testing is an iterative process. Um, we. We create our prototypes as if we know we're right, but we test as if we're wrong. We wanna make sure that, that whatever issues or whatever problems there are with our prototype, that, that we discover them very quickly and before we've scaled up our prototype. We don't wanna implement anything until we know that we're ready. And so we wanna test this thing as quickly as possible and figure out where the flaws are, figure out the things that our end users don't like, or things that our end users do like and how we may amplify those, make them even stronger. So just as a review, that's empathy, reframe, ideate, prototype, and test. Finally, I'll make just one, one more point on this, and that is in the lab, we, we use facilitators to lead teams through this. And the reason for that is it's so helpful to have an objective voice leading you through this. Um, the objective voice at uh, the facilitator in the group can, can shut down those conversations that are not fruitful. They can shut down the conversations that um, you know, are obviously loaded with something, but they will also allow you to explore areas that probably need to be explored in the moment. But it takes that objective voice, that person of, of uh, you know, who's, who's not really, who doesn't have skin in the game. Uh, to be able to think about it a little a little better. So I encourage you, uh, go ahead and, and try to get a facilitator into the room if possible to lead you and your team to the challenge, uh, through the challenge. So my parting challenge to you this week is what's your process for solving challenges? Have you ever given it any thought? I think a lot of time we we meet together and um, and you know get around a table and try to come up with ideas. But um, how many of us do we do we actually have a system and a process for solving challenges? So this week, go ahead and give that some thought. And we look forward to talking again soon. Thanks so much for joining me this week. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five star rating wherever you found us, and follow us at Seeds Innovation or check out seedsinnovation.com. If you have questions, comments, whatever, write me at jacob at seedsinnovation.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now.